Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're watching today, whatever today is for you. And uh, if you're watching live, thank God for you right here on my Pastor Curtis page, Facebook page that is. And if you are watching right now and you want to know how to find this later, uh, you can always find these teachings uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and the website, both of those, thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, I praise God for the opportunity to have the technology, the local church as the base to be able to minister from, and uh, just all the prayers for us and all the financial giving toward us so that we can do what we do. It takes money to do what we do, and I thank God for all those that faithfully give to Crossway Church so that uh, we can do the will of God for us here and to present this glorious, victorious gospel to a lost and dying world and uh, a backslidden church, which the mo most of the church is backslidden today. They don't know it, but they are. I speak from experience. But this is our Romans uh, Bible study every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. I was sick this past Monday, been sick for about five weeks, but pressing on and pushing on, and finally it took me down, and you know how that is. But I'm praying, and I know you're praying for me, so thank God for you, and we'll make it through this. Uh, I also want to say one thing about our church that we've planted uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas that we started the work back in November and I want to start mentioning that work on these broadcasts because I noticed there were people in Wichita Falls, Texas who were watching uh, and even commenting a couple of times on our broadcast, our teaching sessions. We are in Wichita Falls, Texas at the Hampton Inn at 4217 Kemp Boulevard the second weekend every month on the Friday night at 7 p.m. and the Saturday morning at 10 to lunch. Now this month of, of next month in June it will be the third weekend the 14th and the 15th the only month out of all year that we had to do that because they already had the the, the, the conference room rented out to someone else so uh, it's it's other than June it is the second weekend every month, Friday night at 7 and Saturday morning from 10 to lunch. Uh, July is the big month there in Wichita Falls as we will be Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, and Sunday morning. Five services. My son Andrew, Pastor Tommy Wiedelman from Tuttle, Oklahoma, Pastors Clint and Lindsey Bass and myself will be there. We will all minister. I'll close it out on Sunday morning. I believe Andrew will open it up on Thursday night. And then the other three in between there. So if you're anywhere in that area or if you feel like taking a good weekend trip again, we're in the Hampton Inn at 4217 Kemp Boulevard right there in Wichita Falls, Texas. Please help us get the word out. Tell folks about that. Put it out on social media because I know there are folks out of the 104,000 people that are in Wichita Falls, Texas, there is a handful of folks there who want to hear the message of the cross. They're probably watching SBN and, and listening to some of the posts that's going out today bringing God's people back to true 
faith and grace, meaning faith in the cross alone. <clears throat> so let's dig into this. Romans chapter 7, uh, the first part was the 16th, a week ago, and we missed Monday as I said I was sick. So today is actually part 2 here on the 23rd of May. And uh, this is going to be really good. We have had a great Romans teaching up to this point, six chapters, and it has been phenomenal for me. And I hope it's been a blessing for you. And so here we are today, and let's look at verse 4 in Romans chapter 7. I know the Lord is going to give us today the daily bread we need, that which we need for ourselves, that which we need for others so that, so that we can be the ministers um, the co-laborers with the Lord that we need to be. But verse 4 in chapter 7 says, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Now, we're going to break this down to that today, and, and I know that the Lord's going to give you some greater insight, greater uh, truth in your heart that we all desperately need, uh, to, and that only comes by the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures in, in the proper context. And, and let me say something about that this morning. As many of you have heard me teach before, and it's so important, and more and more catching a hold of this, and some just hadn't quite given themselves to it yet, uh, because they, they they just, and the only reason they hadn't given themselves to it, maybe, is because they hadn't heard their favorite preacher say it. But if it's in the Bible, it doesn't matter who else has said it. And this is, you hear this said all the time. Well, that's your interpretation, but we have our own interpretation. No one has a right to their own in personal interpretation. The Holy Spirit wrote the book, the Bible, and He alone will interpret it. And Jesus said when He comes, He's going to reveal truth to you. That's according to the Scriptures. He's going to reveal Jesus to us because only in Jesus Christ are we going to experience the freedom, the liberty, the will of God, and all that God has for us <coughs> in our lives here and now. But notice this, and I'll give you this, as I have many times, those of you who follow me have heard this, and I pray this is becoming more and more concrete in your heart because it is a confirmation that you are getting really and really what it means to be determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, not just a preacher of the cross, but determined to know nothing other than the preaching of the cross. When you step into that place, my friend, the Holy Spirit is going to pour out on you like never before, like never before. But it takes a surrender in your heart, not, not your lips, but your heart. God sees when your heart surrenders to this truth and He begins to pour out upon you like never before. But listen carefully. God says in Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Every word God has ever spoken, the entirety of God's word, the Bible, are words that are only found in righteousness. And that's Proverbs 8 and 8. Romans 1, 16 and 17 tell us that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. That means every word in God's Word, every word that is God's Word, 
has to be accepted, understood, and will only be imparted by the Holy Spirit as it is received as the Word of God in righteousness. And that means through faith in the gospel. Every word is interpreted. All the Bible is interpreted in righteousness. That means the work of Christ, who He is and what He accomplished at Calvary. The gospel, the truth. Think about that. Proverbs 12 and 17. Write it down. Make a note. <coughs> Excuse me. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. See how truth is related to the gospel wherein righteousness is revealed. He that speaks truth, he that uses God's word that is truth, who speaks it in the context of truth, which is the gospel, faith can come. And the just can live by faith. And we can go from faith in the gospel to faith in the gospel. Think about that. But the end of Proverbs 12 and 17 says, But a false witness deceit. A false witness uses God's word in his own interpretation, his own wisdom. And all that can be produced outside of the righteousness of God's word, God says, is deceit. Something may, that may appear to be right, that may appear to seem right, but it's going to end up in death. The end of that way is death. Outside of the righteous context of the word is death. It's the letter of the law. It's death. Amen. So I needed to share that. I need to share that often. Ministers need to hear that today. All I did was share the word of God with you. That's all I did. And righteously divided God's word. I just It was just performed. It just happened for you. The Holy Spirit just show, showed us again this morning the context, the interpretation of all of God's word has to be in righteousness so faith can come. For if it is not in righteousness, faith cannot come, but only flesh can puff up and corrupt. Think about that. So he says here, Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. He says you also are become dead to the law because he just has given the example of the woman being married to her husband and as long as he's alive she's bound by the law of marriage to her husband but when he dies she's free from that law and she can marry another and that's exactly what happened when Jesus came the Son of God came and as the perfect spotless without blemish Lamb of God went to the cross to take our sins away through his death his death alone, my friend. Through his death, we've been freed from the law of sin and death. We've been freed from that. Romans 8 and 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. The spirit of life is the Holy Spirit and what he did in Christ. Led him to the cross and led him to die for the sins of all humanity. And that's what happened. And when Jesus died, that's what the Bible here is speaking of, by the body of Christ, what he did in his body at the cross. And notice this, this refutes uh, the, the thought that Jesus had to go into hell and suffer. 
Do you know that's more than uh, th those that we've heard of who've taught that and Ken Copeland and the likes of those who teach this false doctrine of Jesus died spiritually, but John Calvin even taught that. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news to many of you, but look it up. Go look it up and research that. He taught that as well. Jesus did not go and suffer in hell. The Bible here says by the body of Christ, his physical body, he, that he took on for us to be able to be a spotless, sinless sacrifice through the death of his body. You need to understand that. The pouring out of his soul happened at the cross, not after death. Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus didn't go to the tormenting side of hell and suffer. He did that at the cross. And you need to just let all those false doctrines and those false prophets go. I mean, if you start teaching Jesus had to go into hell and suffer, then you'll also start teaching that you can't lose your salvation like Calvin did. One false doctrine leads to another. You need to understand that. If you missed the message last night that I ministered, you can find it on YouTube at Curtis Hutchinson 316. Phenomenal message the Lord gave me for you. And it is how important the works of God are to God. We don't work our way into heaven, but listen, the work that God calls perfect that he wants to do in the church, if he's not allowed to do it, the opportunity is there for your name to be blotted out, for you to become dead and your name to be blotted out of the book of life. It's there in, in Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 through 6. I know that damnable false doctrine of once saved, always saved will just turn people off right now. But that's because they're holding dear the traditional words of men's opinions and, and men's wisdom that God's word refutes. And so you need to go listen to that message from last night. You will be blessed if you love the Word of God more than you love what you've been taught traditionally. You have to let go of what is false when God reveals the true to you. And when He reveals it to you in His Word, listen, don't go and ask some preacher that's believing that false doctrine because he's going to suck you right back into that false doctrine God is trying to get you out of. Somebody needs to say amen. So, you and I were dead in sin because we were under the law. We were actually married to the law. We were dead in our sins. Let's look this morning at Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 23, I think it is. Verse 22 in Galatians chapter 3 says, But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believed. Can I say something about this this morning? When the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith, but that not of yourselves, that's exactly what that means. Neither of those things did you present to God. Jesus by faith, by grace through faith tasted death for our forgiveness and justification. 
And our part is to believe upon him. And when we believe upon him, God saves us by that grace, through that faith, Jesus performed for us at Calvary. Because Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men, Hebrews 2, 9. And it's by the faith of the Son of God that we live, Galatians 2, 20. So it's his grace, it's his faith that we've been given as gifts. It's His grace. It's His faith. So when the Bible says here in Galatians 3.22, the Scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ, His faith, of, not, don't change it to say by faith in Jesus Christ. No, that's not what it means here. It means by the faith of Jesus Christ. He had to live by grace through faith as our example, our representative man. And our part comes into the latter part of verse 22. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. The promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them, us, who believe upon him. When we believe upon him, we are saved by grace and God gives us a measure of faith, the measure of faith. Peter wrote it this way. We've obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ. We even the faith we have, we obtained that. Think about that. None of it is of ourselves, not grace, not faith. Ours was simply to be broken and to believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And yes, in a sense, that is having faith in Him, but we were believing upon Him, and He gives us the measure of faith, and we're saved by the grace He tasted death by. That's powerful right there. And verse 23 says, But before faith came, we're going to see something this morning, but before faith came, and that's talking about the faith He tasted death by the grace of God through, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now, we have to ask ourselves, when the Bible says here that the faith, we were shut up under the law, we were shut up unto the, the faith which should afterwards be revealed, that's not meaning that the old covenant saints, Abraham and many more, didn't have faith, didn't believe upon the, the Redeemer that had been promised and showed that to God, manifest their faith through offering sacrifices the way that God showed them. The object of faith has always had to be the sacrifice. If our faith really is in Christ, then our faith has to be in the sacrifice, not just under the old covenant, but even under the new. Think about that. But he's, here the Bible is specifically honing in, if you will, on the faith. Of Jesus Christ. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Talking about the faith of Jesus. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. The faith of Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2. Paul rebukes Peter and said, Peter, don't you know we're not justified by works but by the faith of Christ? 
what he did at Calvary. Thank God for teaching such as this that we can see. <coughs> yes, we had to believe upon Christ, but it was by his grace, by his faith, that he went through the cross. Jesus had to live by grace and faith. And it's that same grace and faith he lived by that you and I have imparted unto us when we believe upon him. Think about that. So let's go back to Romans 7 and let's see here in verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, you, just like the woman who was married to, to the man who the man died and now you're free from the law of being married to that man, just like that also you become dead to the law by the body of Christ through his death. Now we're no longer dead and buried under the law with sin's dominion reigning over us, shut up unto the faith, but the faith has been revealed to us through the preaching of the gospel of the cross, which is the truth, that we should be married to another. We don't have to be married to the law anymore and as a child of God we're not married to the law anymore. And I don't know that we go back under law. We may. I'm not refuting that. But we sure can very easily begin to live as though we are back under the law again. We, we, we're not married to the law anymore. There's been a change of relationship. There's been a death that, that annul that, that took that away and freed us from being married unto the law. And, and when, you're, when you're operating by the law, sin has dominion over you, without a doubt. Romans 6.14, we, listen, sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law but under grace. But if you go back and operate under the do's and the don'ts, and there are do's and don'ts, but our faith is never to be in them. We're to stop stealing, stop lying, start telling the truth, love each other, forgive each other, turn the other cheek, give the cloak, walk the extra mile. We're to uh, pray for those that despitefully use us, bless those that curse us, love those that hate us. We're to be kind to the evil and the unthankful. The list goes on and on of what we are to do, but when we place our faith in our doing, the flow of grace stops because we're living again by do's and don'ts. That means our faith is in them, and now the dominion of sin takes back over. If we begin to live as though we're married back to the one that put us under the dominion of sin, then the dominion of sin will be in our lives again. The sin nature will take over again. The law, when we live with our faith in anything other than Christ and Him crucified, the dominion of sin reigns in our lives again. You can't get out of it. You can't say, well, I just don't believe that. It doesn't matter if you don't believe it. It's biblical. The only place that we're free from sin is under grace, not law. And law is not just the Ten Commandments of Moses and all the rites and ceremonies and rituals of the Jewish people. The law is anything that I think I have to do to be saved, anything I think I have to do to, to, to place my faith in to live saved to find deliverance and any part of God's salvation can't be no part of God's salvation can be experienced under the law. Let's go back to Galatians uh, verse uh, chapter 4 verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of the time was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. <clears throat> 
Jesus was born, he was made of a woman under the law because he had to come where we were to get us out of where we were. Glory to God. Jesus had to come where we were to get us out from under where we were. Watch this, verse 5, Galatians 4, to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Jesus had to be made of a woman, born of a woman, the seed of the woman promised from the Garden of Eden, but he was also made under the law. He had to keep all of the law, all of the rites, all, the, all of the ceremonies that God had given to the Jewish people. He had to keep every one of them, and he did. Never sinned, never fell short. Perfect, perfect. We cannot fathom that because of how distorted we are and how fallen we are. But thanks be to God, Jesus came and through his perfect sinless life became our perfect sin-bearing offering and through his death alone and us believing that that was enough, we are, just as the Bible says here in Romans chapter 7, verse 4, we became dead to the law, separated from its dominion, through the death of Jesus, the body of Christ. That, here comes the purpose, so that we could be married to another. To who? Well, the Bible tells us here, even to him who is raised from the dead. Jesus was raised from the dead so we could be married to a living husband. Hallelujah. We're no longer married to the law that caused us to be under the sin's dominion. Look at verse 5, and we'll stay right here for a, a season. Because when we were in the flesh, the, the, the passions of sin, it says the motions of sin. And here again is that word sins, and that word sins is the, uh, the, the, the word uh, harmartia, and it's the Strong's number 266, and it's the noun which speaks of the sin nature. So let's look at this. When we were in the flesh, which means when we were under the law, before we were born again, the only place you can be is under law or under grace. And before you're born again, you're under law. When you're saved, you're delivered from law and placed under grace. But when we were in the flesh, which is under law, the motions of the sin nature, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. That means to manifest that we were separated from God. Death is separation. I know you've heard this. I know you know this. But let's just break it down for a minute. Death, no matter how you talk about it, no matter how you slice it up, death is separation. God told Adam in the Garden of Eden, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Adam ate of that tree. Eventually he disobeyed God and in that day he died. In that day, he didn't fall physically dead at that moment, but he would eventually physically die, which was not God's will. That happened because of disobedience. But he died in every way possible. He would die physically. He, he was separated from a body that would physically live. He was separated from God. He was separated from the Garden of Eden. He was separated from the Tree of Life. When you go to a funeral, uh, it's a funeral because somebody died. You look into the casket, you still see the body, but there's been a separation. Death is separation. The soul and the spirit 
moved on. It either went to hell or it went to be with the Lord, and that happened immediately. No such thing as, as purgatory and none of that. That's not biblical. But it, it, there's been a separation. And when Jesus died, he offered us an, the way of reconciliation back to God. The, the only way that exists is through the body of Christ. The death of that sinless, perfect sacrifice opened the door to the new and living way, the new and living way, the new and only way of living the death of Jesus. We come in and we were through the way we receive him by believing upon him as the redeemer for our sins. And therefore also Colossians 2, 6 says, therefore we walk in him the same way we received him. We don't move on from Calvary. People that say we move on from the cross, and I speak from experience, all the, if you listen to them, they're going to tell you that they're, back, they're, they're living as though they're back under the law because they say, yeah, you know, I know what Jesus did. I believe in all that, but we also have to, and that is law. That's the mindset of law. Yes, again, there are many works that God has ordained for us to walk in them, Ephesians 2.10, and, they're, and they're, there are many of those works, but they're all in Christ. That means through our faith in what he did as the Redeemer. When we start working and we want, we, when we get saved, we have a great zeal for God. We want to live for God. We want to serve God. But if we're not careful, we'll put our faith in what we're doing instead of what Christ did. And, and basically, that's really what's being preached in almost every pulpit across the world. Because if we're not opening God's Word <coughs> and pointing God's people to Christ and Him crucified, the only way that God has prescribed to experience life every day, then we're holding God's Word, which is truth, in an unrighteous manner, and He's really resisting all of our efforts. Romans 1.18. He's resisting all of our efforts. He, because outside of faith in the cross, all God's Word can do for us is manifest ungodliness and unrighteousness. And that's what he's resisting. He's not resisting people. He's resisting and he, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. And you have to think about this. This is the way God sees all that's being manifest to him is ungodliness and unrighteousness if our faith is not in the cross. If our faith is in anything else, the fruit of that is ungodliness and unrighteousness. Even if we have a heart and we think we're alive, remember I, I, I motioned you and pointed you back to the message I ministered last night. God showed up in the church in Sardis in Revelation chapter 3 and told them if they didn't repent and go back to the place of hearing and receiving, which is the place they began through faith in the cross, if they didn't overcome, their names were going to be blotted out of the book of eternal life. And notice he tells them immediately, you have a name that you're alive. You think you are a church alive, but you're dead. Everybody around you says you're alive. You have that testimony, but I see you as dead. 
that needs to be thought about, my friends. Thank God you've tuned in today. Catch us again Monday morning right here as we continue our Romans teaching. Uh, we'll be in here in Romans chapter 7, verse 4, 5, and 6, right in here. Stay in here for a season. Make sure we get this like we need it. And we never get it like we're going to have it in the days ahead. But God's faithful to give us what we need to continue to reveal marvelous and wondrous truths in His Word for us and to us that show us a greater picture of His Son, Jesus Christ. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.